time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today we watched Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling... From 1985. So this show ran from 85 to 86. It was animated and produced by Deke Entertainment. So it ran for two seasons, had a total of 26 episodes, but some of them ran for two parts. So there's a grand total of 39 titles overall. And for a short synopsis, Rock and Wrestling featured animated adventures of popular WWF, now WWE, stars from the time, including its title character Hulk Hogan and his group of wrestlers fighting against a group of rogue wrestlers led by Roddy Piper. Yep, it's about as great as it sounds. You know, we stumbled across this cartoon while researching one of our other cartoons. I believe it was Our Real Monsters that we discovered it because I always look at the voice actors and I look at some of the other shows they've done and the guy who voiced Ickus in Our Real Monsters, his name's Charles Adler and he voices Rowdy Roddy Piper in this cartoon. So I saw the name of the cartoon on his IMDb page, Rockin' Wrestling, and I was like, that sounds awesome. (laughs) We definitely have to watch that one. And now I just want to say to my co-host Joseph, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry we watched this. Oh, my gosh. I was was as excited about it as you were. It sounded, in theory, the concept of it's great, I guess, but it it was just... (laughs) It failed on nearly every level, and we'll go into that more as we talk about our episodes, but... We can name off a few of the highlighted characters here. I'll just name off the teams because that's basically who it is. So we've got Hulk Hogan's face team, or the good guys, consisting of Junkyard Dog, Captain Lou Albano, Andre the Giant, Wendy Richter, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, Hillbilly Jim, and Tito Santana. And then we have Roddy Piper's heel team, or the bad guys, consisting of Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, the fabulous Moolah, Big John Studd, and Mr. Fuji. So these were our characters, pretty much all the characters that we see throughout this. It covers a lot of the basic 80s cartoon tropes that you would expect. It's very good versus evil and good triumphing over evil, especially in this case, Hulk Hogan being the ultimate good. Here's the best way that I can describe this cartoon. So basically, they took all the popular people from the WWF at the time they said let's make a cartoon we can make it kind of like gi joe and that we can have a lot of representation you know so they selected a couple white dudes from wf and then they made sure to have someone from each other race then they said but instead of making it about wrestling or making it about combat or anything cool like gi joe let's make it like fat albert kind of gags yeah and just make it really cheesy and corny and have them get into all kinds of shenanigans uh so the base <laughs> the the best way i can describe it is the wwf means gi joe meets fat albert 
Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, actually. I never tied Fat Albert to it, but now that you say so, it is very dependent on gags and no fighting, really. No wrestling, right. absolutely no wrestling that I saw, at least. And, and, the, and the animation style was very similar to the Fat Albert kind of style, too. Like, extremely cartoony. Extremely cartoony, but also very poorly done. So it's like a poor yes. man's Fat Albert. There were several times that even Hulk Hogan, his mustache disappeared a couple times. <laughs> Just for like a frame, it would be gone. Something they gave Hulk Hogan in this, though, instead of his receding hairline, he actually had a full head of blonde hair. They gave him a lot of hair. Way more hair than he has in real yeah, life. He was like Fabio in this cartoon, yeah. hair-wise. It was pretty funny. A couple more notable people that I just want to mention. We had another returning veteran from our show from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the voice of Shredder. James Avery was voicing Junkyard Dog. And his voice, I mean, right off the bat, you could tell who it was because he sounded pretty much just like Shredder. But it was Shredder talking jive. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That's a good way to put it. It had which, that really, it had that raspiness to it of Shredder. Yeah. And I'll get into more about about Junkyard Dog once we get into our first episode. And then the other notable person I just want to mention was the voice of Hulk Hogan was Brad Garrett, which most people would know him not so much from voice acting, but more from sitcoms and television acting. Most notably, Everybody Loves Raymond, Till Death. He's known for a lot of those roles. But looking at his IMDb, I was surprised to find that he does a lot of voice acting. He's been doing it since then, and he hasn't stopped. He still does cartoons and does a lot of voices in video games and movies and other things. So I thought that was a pretty cool fact to find out. Yeah, I did. I had no idea that Ray's brother from Everybody Loves Raymond did voice acting at all. So it was interesting to see that, especially because Hulk Hogan doesn't really sound like him either. But he also right. doesn't sound like Hulk Hogan so much. He sounds kind of like, I guess, a cross between Hulk Hogan and Rodney Dangerfield a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he's, he's a good choice to have as a voice actor, though, because he has a very distinct, very, very deep voice. Just looking at the page, I saw so many things I recognized. He was in Transformers. He was one of the guys from Biker Mice from Mars, oh, if anyone remembers that show. That was pretty cool Which we have back to watch day. one day now that you mention yes. it. He still voices tons of cartoon characters. I mean, he's still going. So it was interesting to find that out. And I'm interested to hear more of him in some of the cartoons going forward. Nice. That'll be another name to watch out for from now on. Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett. So here's some tidbits about rock and wrestling. Just a few marshmallows in our cereal bowl of thoughts here. Nice. This show was added to the current WWE Network back in April of 2015 and then promptly removed back in July after Hogan was fired from the WWE. So it had a short-lived resurgence. Not that anybody really watched it, I hope. There were these primary vehicles, as with most old cartoons, they had these vehicles that I'm sure if there weren't toys of these, and they were probably going to make toys of these. They had the Hulkmobile, which was just a white Cadillac looking vehicle. And then Hot Rod was obviously Roddy Piper's car. The Junk Wagon was Junkyard Dog, or JYD as they call him. It was kind of a tractor looking thing with a a shed on it. Yeah, it was just like a wooden shed doghouse looking thing. Yeah, like I don't know if that was Junkyard Dog's actual home or what was going on there, but... I think they were kind of hinting that he might live in that thing, but (laughs) I'm not sure. Well, then again, later they show them all sleeping in the same, not only the same house, but the same room together. One more thing about the show, tidbit wise, is the actual theme of the show is Hulk Hogan's old entrance theme before the real American theme came into play. 
since I think you said already at the beginning, we both just kind of ran across this. I'm assuming you don't really have any memories of it. Yeah, I don't. The only thing I have memories of are the characters themselves, just from actual wrestling, not from this cartoon. So the one thing that I will say that I did enjoy was seeing some of the personalities. They weren't represented so well in the actual cartoon, but they had little skits and things that would wrap around the cartoon episodes themselves. So there would be an introduction with, you know, some of the actual wrestlers doing something goofy and it would happen in between the episodes and it would happen at the end. So some of those were kind of funny and it was just kind of nostalgic seeing some of the people, especially because Rowdy Roddy Piper just passed away this past year. So it was cool to see him again in any iteration because I always watched this as a kid. I'm always going to associate Captain Lou Albano with Super Mario Brothers since he played Mario on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so anytime I see him, it makes me really want to play the original NES Super Mario Brothers game every time. Or watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Which will show up on our show at some point. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, we might be sad after watching <laughs> <laughs> But we'll see. Maybe. The memories are kind of the same for me. As much wrestling as I watched and as many toy title belts as I owned as a kid, I never heard of the show, just period. So this is a completely fresh watch for me, for better or for worse, uh, probably worse, but... I came into this blindly, and I'm leaving with only regret, I think. (laughs) You came in blindly, and you're leaving blind from having seen it. Yeah, I'm actually blind, yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into the three episodes that we watched for today's show. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, as if someone would even rate these highly. And finally, a random or listener recommended episode. So we started off with the very first episode, The Junkyard 500, Season 1, Episode 1, Part A. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what to say about it. Yeah. How how can we generalize this? It made me laugh a little bit right off the bat before I jumped into the show and my laughter died off was when Piper's people run off with his car and he's just standing there stomping on the ground. Yeah. He's throwing a tantrum out there in the middle of the street. So I was like, all right, this might be funny. And then I was completely disappointed. Then it just went to shit. The Junkyard 500 was basically the plot of this episode started with Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana looking at a newspaper, seeing a casting call for a monster movie, and they really wanted to play the monster. So they drove out there, and they couldn't get a part as the monster, but the director guy liked their car, the junk wagon, But then Roddy Piper shows up with his crew and he wants to have the part in the movie and take all the glory. So they decide to settle it with a race. Both teams go back and they're souping up their vehicles to race and the winner is going to get the part in the movie where their car gets to be featured in this monster movie. So that's essentially the plot of this episode and where it gets us started. Yeah, what is there really to say about this that you didn't already say The thing about these episodes where they're so straightforward and there's so little variety or even creativity to them that you describing the plot just now essentially told that entire episode with the exclusion of dialogue, which is absolutely terrible anyway, so it doesn't need to stay in there. Yeah, the thing that I picked up from this episode that I want to talk about the most was the characters and how they're handled, which was awful. (laughs) First of all, I will give them one thing. And that I did laugh when they had Andre the Giant lift up the car with one hand. I thought that was kind of funny. I like how they did Andre the Giant as this kind of not really dumb, but a big brute who is just super nice about everything and might be a little bit naive. Yeah. I enjoyed that. 
Everyone else, I think, was handled horribly, especially because there is a lot of very racial stereotypes in every character. (laughs) Junkyard Dog just talked and jived the entire time. Tito Santana literally throughout the entire episode is just saying, Arriba! Like, all the time. Yeah. I'm like, really? They've got Volkov just being as stereotypical Russian bad guy as possible, like conniving, not very bright, calling everybody comrade, which I get some of this reflects how some of them acted in the actual WWF. Because, I mean, he did talk like that sometimes, and, you know, some of them were personifying stereotypes, but they kind of pushed it a lot farther with the cartoon. Some of it was really just, like, nails on a chalkboard to me watching this, and I'm like, man, if this came out right now, people would get so mad. Yeah. Like, they would just rip these people a new one. Yeah, there were those stereotypes, and the actions alone, it was so void of any kind of life. You were comparing it, semi-comparing it to G.I. Joe that actually had these adventures and things actually happened, but even this whole adventure, like, nothing took place. It was just like... Right. It was all just to push the plot, everything. And of course, I mean, yeah, that's how it has to happen, especially in very short episodes like this. But an example would be when they drive up to the gate of the movie studio, the security guard's like, you can't come in here. There's a movie shooting. And then Junkyard Dog's just like, I'm going to be a star. And then the the guard's just like, I see no problem with this and just lets him in. Like, that's literally his line. Oh, I see no problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> There's no no reason to it, nothing. And then he just drives straight through and he doesn't even give him time to lift the gate. He just drives straight through it, breaks it off. (laughs) It's basically that throughout the entire episode. It was pretty much like they set up this plot to happen. But I feel like the writers were like, okay, here's the plot. This plot only lasts about 60 seconds. So let's see how many gags we can throw in with this racing theme. And that's exactly how this episode came about. Did you see the part where the guy got thrown into the dumpster? I probably did. I might have blocked it out. What was... Okay, and this will this will speak to the terrible animation in that he gets hit with the car, thrown into a dumpster, and then the actual animated dumpster is still closed, but it shows the guy's legs hanging out of it. So it looks like they are just cut off from his body and hanging <laughs> out of this closed dumpster. Nice. Yeah, it looks horrible. And it does that shot. slices legs right off. Yeah, and it does that shot twice. So it's like they didn't care at all about that part. I did notice a lot of incomplete animations in this cartoon. There was one in particular, but it's in the next episode. So I'll wait till we get to that point. The only other thing I wanted to mention, it was kind of funny the first time, but then it just got annoying, which is that Roddy Piper is constantly cackling like a crazy person. (laughs) Like, he does not say a single line in this entire show without cackling, like, manically, like he's going insane. Which, you know, I'm sure that they're like, okay, well, you know, evil bad guys, I mean, they cackle, they laugh a lot, they're scheming. But it never stops. It never stops. And it was driving me insane. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Every line he says, it had that just, (laughs) just something right after he said it. Every line. The highlight of this episode for me, if I could even say there was one, was at the very end when the giant Godzilla robot came out and crushed the car. So 
it, I mean, you could see that setup coming from a mile away. Oh, yeah. Just because there's no way the bad guy's going to win, especially not in the first episode. Yeah, but... so for you that haven't seen it, Roddy Piper ends up winning the race. So it's his car that gets featured in the film. So then they immediately film the scene, and this giant monster foot comes down and crushes his car. And apparently that was the scene that they were racing for. I would assume that neither side knew that that's what was going to happen. So, I mean, from a cartoon standpoint, you know, that's kind of funny in a way. But, I mean, you really saw it coming. At least there was a little bit of satisfaction to see that stupid version of Roddy Piper lose his vehicle, but still, ugh. Yeah, I think ugh is enough to say about the first episode. <laughs> we can move on to the next one, which was Big Top Boobs Season t- <laughs> season two, episode 17, part B. This is kind of a weird setup even because for whatever reason, Hulk Hogan and his crew are invited to the Circus of All-Stars to put on shows because I guess they're also talented circus performers. I, I don't understand. And I mean, the episode starts out where it doesn't even explain that. The episode starts out where they're just in a store... And they're all dressed as clowns and things like that. And there's no explanation as to why until Roddy Piper and his crew come in and are making fun of them. And then they're like, oh, well, we got invited to this. But that's like two minutes after the episode's already started. Yeah. So the whole time you're like, what? Like, what is going on right now? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is going on? What is this all-star circus? And right. how can you just get invited to it? Yeah. In typical fashion, Roddy Piper is immediately jealous and wants to be in the circus as well and starts hatching a scheme as to how he will do it. From there, it pretty much goes straight to they're at the circus and it looks like Piper and his crew had tried to infiltrate and it didn't work and they're being kicked out of a circus tent. And this was the incomplete animation that I noticed that I mentioned in the first part. They're literally being kicked out of this circus tent, right? So they're like, flying in the air but then they pause in the air for just a split second and then it cuts to another scene so they didn't even complete the fall they stopped mid-fall it was just really really sloppy (laughs) animation and editing on that part it just kind of reiterates the fact that this cartoon was really to push the WWF to really probably push some toys. I'm assuming there's got to be some toys out there or some Burger King kids meal toy or some crap from this cartoon. It's going to push that kind of stuff and the actual show itself came secondary. It was just a money grab basically. Yeah, it was just a vehicle for advertisement for the WWE or WWF for children at the right. time, I don't really know if there were toys. If there was, I kind of want to get the junk wagon, but that's it. That's the only thing I would take from this show. You know, that just reminded me of um, something also that doesn't make sense about this cartoon. But, I mean, this happens in a lot of cartoons, but it's just even stranger in this one. Because we were talking about them changing clothes as, like, clowns and things like that. But when they're not doing that, when they're just in their regular clothes, I mean, they're wearing, like, their wrestling outfits. Pretty much at all times, they're always wearing spandex or, like, junkyard dogs, always walking around with no shirt, but he's got, like, a chain around his neck and stuff. Yeah. And, like, nobody really seems to notice or think this is strange behavior because everyone else in this world is dressed like a normal person, but no matter what they're doing, if they're just walking down the street, 
if they're going out to dinner, if they are going to wrestling or whatever, they're always wearing the wrestling gear no matter what. (laughs) And everyone else is just normal clothes. And I noticed that all the other people are drawn much shorter with much less detail. So the wrestlers have some kind of likeness to their real life counterpart. But all of the regular people in this cartoon are drawn much smaller, their heads are like more round and more just shapes rather than resembling an actual person. Right. So it just makes me think that anything else was just done really quickly. It was just all over. The whole thing was really sloppy how they did it. Yeah, even the end of this episode. So after Piper and his crew try to sabotage the All-Star Circus and take over, Piper takes over his ringmaster, antics ensue, and then eventually, I don't know if this is uh, secondary to what you were talking about. I guess this is the second time they're kicked out of the, the circus tent, or at least... Piper is, he's fired from a cannon out of the circus tent. He has his hair burnt off by some exploding cigars, and then it shows him still with his hair burnt off when he's put inside the cannon, but when he's fired out of the cannon, he has that full head of hair back. So what bothered me about it was that it's fine that they can grow their hair back. It happens in cartoons all the time, but if you're going to do that, do it before he's even put back into the cannon, because then it wouldn't seem like it's going to be something that continues on, and instead... They just mess it up, shoot him out of the cannon, episode's over. This one was the highest rated episode. Yeah, okay, so about that. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I had to go to a couple different websites to figure out what the highest rated episode was because they were all saying something different. But ended up checking three sources. This one was listed on two of those sources. And then our random pick was the one listed on... The third source that didn't coincide with the other two. So that's where our random came from Uh. because I'm like, okay, I can't really differentiate which one really is the highest rated episode. These two say this, this place says it's this one. So we're just going to do them both. And if this is the highest rated episode, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Why? Why did they make this cartoon? Seriously, I can't even imagine the other episodes that this was the highest rated one. So there was one thing that I found that I did like. It was one gag that they continued through this cartoon that I did appreciate. And it's that Captain Lou Albano is constantly eating food. Like just never stops. He's always eating. And I think that's kind of funny. I enjoy those characters. It's a gag that I'll always enjoy. (laughs) It's a very Scooby-Doo and Shaggy thing to do. Right. And it just makes his character more enjoyable. And they also did something with him in this episode where he's basically a magician and he's performing magic tricks. But all of his magic words are just food or talking about Cindy Lauper. Yeah. And, and that's it. That, that's all of his magic words. That was actually so say something good. about like hamburgers and mustard and Cindy Lauper and that would be a spell. And <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of funny. I think based off what you're saying about Captain Lou Albano is I think a cartoon solely about his character would have been better than the collective that they right. put together with this. Oh, absolutely. Like they, his was a doing standout something with character. that could have worked. Yeah, his was yeah. a standout character. Andre the Giant was a standout character. Yep. There were good characters in this. I can't fault them all, but for yeah. every good one, there were two bad ones, and that's really where it messes up. Right, and the writing was awful to begin with. So it's unfortunate because, yeah, the way they handled Andre and the way they handled Captain, they could have done something with these characters and they could have made something work or at least make something that wasn't awful. And yeah. I mean, they had some of the pieces there, but they just did not care. <laughs> no, They just gave up. Well, 
Let's move on to the final episode that we reviewed, which was the random pick. And as you said, was chosen because it was one of the highest rated episodes right under Big Top Boobs. But I like this one better than I did that one. I mean, it's not that much better, but it is a little bit better. And I'll I'll go into that. But this was season one. This was actually episode two. And it was a full episode. It wasn't a two-parter. The four-legged pickpocket. I think the reason that this one might have been a little better is because this one had somewhat of a plot to it. Yeah. Whereas the other ones were literally... Yeah, the other ones were literally gag after gag after gag and had no cohesiveness. This one actually had somewhat of a story that you're kind of following along with. And it's also the first one in the other two episodes we watched, even though Hulk Hogan is the title character, he really didn't do anything in either of the two episodes we watched. He was hardly even in the first one which was the very first episode of the show. He's barely even part of it. And then in the Big Top Boobs episode... He did He did lift up a lion. There was that. He lifted up a lion, but literally, I mean, that's pretty much it for his character in that one. <laughs> Aside from also when Roddy Piper was playing some bagpipes, he's like, oh, I better stop this once and for all. Yeah. And, and that's... But then he doesn't. Instead, like, someone else stops him. <laughs> so, anyway, back to this one. Yeah, so this one, the way it opens kind of is it shows Hulk Hogan retaining his championship belt. It doesn't show the match. It doesn't show the wrestling. It just shows him in the ring getting his arm held up because he's still champion of the world. So that's the really only wrestling tie-in any of these three episodes have given us. They don't even call themselves wrestlers or say wrestling at all or do any of it. So that's all we get of it. And then it cuts immediately to a little girl being chased by these creepy dudes. They're after her and her horse, whose name is Pickpocket, hence the title. This is a story of it, is this girl and her horse being pursued by these obvious criminals just because of the way they look. Uh, We don't know why. And that's one thing I did like about this is they don't give you a reveal until the very end of it yeah as to why they're being chased that made me actually pay attention to be like am i missing something like did they say why they were going after him so that was actually something that was good about this episode there were a couple gags in this one that i actually thought were funny one of them was in the very very beginning after the part where the girl is looking for hulk during his match trying to get him i assume she's trying to get to him because she thinks hulk can protect him because he's the strongest person there or something well it said at the beginning he's champion of the world so that's probably why i guess that she being chased by these goons these criminals she's like well the only person obviously that can help me instead of a police officer (laughs) it's definitely going to be a professional wrestler so she goes to him for help but she can't get to him through the crowd so it doesn't work anyway so she wasted her time and money but (laughs) (laughs) then it goes the the next morning you're saying all the wrestlers are inside this house most of them are sleeping some of them are waking up brushing their teeth and the house is shaking in what they think is an earthquake, but it turns out it's because Andre the Giant is snoring. Right. And he snores so loud that it shakes the house violently like an earthquake. And I thought that was kind of funny. That was pretty good. Something that confused me about this episode was, remember when the door was stuck and everybody was trying to open it? Yeah, that why didn't was, make any sense Why to was me. it stuck? Yeah, it's not like the horse okay. was holding it. Yeah, let's, let's explain that. So there's this one part where um, something alerted them to where Hulk tries to open the door and he can't. So he's tugging on it and tugging on it and tugging on it. And then finally, they get the door open and it's pickpocket on the other side. And I'm like, how is this horse? I mean, they pulled the door open. So it's not like he was trying to push it and the horse was blocking it with its weight. Right. So the only explanation would be that the horse is gripping it with his mouth, I guess. (laughs) That's... 
to not that let it be, open? That would be my guess. Or it was just the door was stuck for unrelated reasons. Right. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's just it was, coincidence the, that the there's ho- a horse. The house was settling or something. I don't yeah. Because I don't know. it still wouldn't even make sense that the horse did it, not just for the fact that the horse would be having to hold the doorknob with his mouth, but that the horse was trying to get Hulk Hogan's attention in the first place. So why would the horse even hold the door? It just doesn't make sense. I hate this thing. No, it doesn't. <laughs> this is the worst cartoon ever. <laughs> Uh, okay, I don't know if you remember this part, but it really stood out to me because of the way Hulk did it. It's toward the end after the criminal steal Hulk's car, and he jumps on the hood of it to get it back. Oh, and he's, I know exactly what yeah, you're going to say. He's just like, yes. now you made Hulk mad. Mad. Like, he just repeats <laughs> yeah. it. And there's I, no that reason. Was the, that was the standout note that I have here, because I wrote that down in quotes. And on my notepad, it literally says in caps, LOL, what? With lots of A's and lots of question marks after that. Because I'm like, what is this? Yeah, why did he Yeah, literally it? jumps on the hood of this car. Now you've made cold mad. Mad. <laughs> and then, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. Like, why? Uh. <laughs> and apparently. It's the stupidest thing. Even though Hulk Hogan is a champion of the world. Hulksters and horses don't mix because when he first no. tries to ride the horse, he gets on backwards. He gets on backwards. And it's like, yeah. come on, Hulk. You've seen people <laughs> ride horses before. Here's the other gag that I did think was funny. The only other thing that's funny in this cartoon. During the mad, mad line, <laughs> yeah. what was it? They like pop the hood and it sends him flying off the car into like a pond. Right. So he falls in it, and he gets up, and he's all soaking wet. And for whatever reason, <laughs> Mean Gene Okerlund pops out of the water with a microphone. And he's like, boy, Hulk, it seems you're not having a very good day. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like what? I wrote that down, too, because he was just waiting in the water. Just waiting in the water for Hulk to eventually someone's going to fall in. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be a professional wrestler. Hopefully, it'll be Hulk Hogan. And that gives Mean Gene his cue to pop up. That was pretty funny. <laughs> so, I, I did enjoy that. I thought that was pretty funny. Well, see, already covering this episode, we've laughed more and had more to say about it than the other two combined. So, Absolutely. again, this is a standout. This should have been best episode. It's unfortunate that two out of three said it wasn't. There were a couple other things that were kind of silly. Superfly and Andre were on a seesaw together, which is kind of humorous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of like face palm moments where Hulk Hogan makes lots of just horse puns. Like, nobody horses around with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, oh, <laughs> man. You got to expect that, though. <laughs> Even going back to Our Real uh, Monsters with the getting ahead part. That's true. But at least there, like, it was funny yeah, the yeah. way they executed it. This one, you're just like... It was cleverly done there, you're right. And here, uh, it just feels forced, and it is yeah. just, like, shaking my head moments. Like, uh It was bad. One other thing I want to say, too, and I'm sad that it's about Captain Lou Albano, because he was my favorite from this cartoon. It's not the character's fault, but it is because the animation, like we keep saying, is really sloppy. Like I said, Hulk's mustache disappears randomly every once in a while. There was one scene where Tito Santana was white instead of being Mexican. (laughs) Okay, so everyone has ears drawn on them, but there's several times that Captain Lou has an earring hanging from what looks like just his face because the ear is not there oh man it's just like they would draw the earring and forget to draw his ear and this happened several times in this episode in particular i didn't i didn't even notice that it was just so weird (laughs) so yeah it just looks like this gold loop hanging off of his cheekbone or something (laughs) i don't know wow 
This is weird. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. So this cartoon basically ends with the bad guys get caught, thanks to Hulk and his buddies. Roddy Piper's gang doesn't come into play in this episode whatsoever. Maybe that helped contribute to this episode being a little better. Yeah, maybe. And the story resolves in where it turns out that the horse had eaten some jewels that these crooks had stolen. So they're trying to get the horse to get the jewels back. And that was actually an interesting story. It was an interesting plot, even with the cheesiness around it and the bad jokes. I think that was actually a good plot to have. Yeah, I think it was better because this episode actually had a plot. Yeah. Whereas the others really were just awful and not thought through. Yeah, it wasn't just just good versus evil. There was something to it. And the addition of these extra characters really helped it. So that is the third and the random episode pick we had, which was coincidentally the best episode in our opinions. Absolutely. I I can't recommend that you check this out to prove or disprove our point. Just take our word for it. You don't want to watch this. But if you're going to watch Four-Legged Pickpocket. I wasted a good hour of my life. (laughs) Yeah. Well... It seems like a good time as any to bring out the tag team champions of our show, our inner kids, to tell us what they thought of Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. So I'm going to tag in Kid Chris to start us off. All right, Chris, let's get on this little guy. I really like wrestling because they can jump off the rope and they can be like, boom, and elbow drop and I body slam you. And it's like, ah, but then I pin you and then you count to three and I win and I win all the belts. But this cartoon, they didn't even wrestle, and it was kind of stupid, and I didn't really like it, and I give it one bowl of cereal out of three, and that bowl has bran flakes in it, so it sucks. Okay, Joseph, I'm tagging you in. Awesome, thanks, Chris. Unfortunately, this show's complete lack of substance and tie-in with the source material is extremely apparent. This is as much a show about wrestling as wrestling is a show about real-life disputes and actual drama. You could have plugged any characters in these roles and it would have been the exact same show. I just want to powerbomb, elbow drop, and then figure four leg lock this show into submission. One bull out of three for me. This cartoon should just stay down for the count. Nicely done. You kids have never been so upset over a show before. You poor things. Uh, I, I feel bad that I subjected him to it. But he's got to learn. He's got to learn. He needs to learn how to manage his time better. That time is precious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching Gravity Falls. Once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Definitely reach out and let us know what cartoon you'd like us to cover, along with some of your favorite episodes so we can feature them on our show. You can make a request, see the current request list, or speak with the show host by visiting the Cartoon Boom subreddit. You can also connect with our network by visiting nerdsloth.com or searching for Nerdsloth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next Saturday.